Racing. Green light, they're set to go. Green light's on. Set for a start. Kablenz is holding on. Cut glory for Kablenz. But it is all heart style Rico, and he is going to absolutely bolt the Melbourne Cup in. Hello and welcome to another edition, another episode of the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast. I'm James Vandermarten. Straight off the top, I'm going to welcome in my Sandown Park co-host, Jason Adams. He was he was scratched a late scratching last week due to illness, but he's back. He's he's ready to rumble. How are you, Jace? Well, thanks, Jim. Still a bit rough. I mean, if I'm a 29.50 type, I'm probably going about 29.75 at the moment, but not too far away from... Peaking and, geez, I've got every reason to peak. It's a big week of racing wherever you look all around the country. Yeah, you're spot on, mate. Massive week of racing. There's great racing in New South Wales. Obviously, the Warrnambool Cup Series kicks off underway. And we're almost just getting a little bit of a glimpse now, too, at Sandown Park of a, a few challenges that will no doubt spend a bit of time here at headquarters in Melbourne over the next sort of three to four weeks with the Harrison Dawson Sapphire Crown and also, obviously, the big one, the, uh, the Sandown Cup as well. Yeah, it's really going to heat up. I mean, that's sort of the... The second biggest time of the year, and, and those three group ones will be back ran on the same night, which is Thursday, the May 19th. So, yeah, it's heating up. And the good part about it is, Jim, I think we see some stayers stepping up that you, you don't usually see over 700 metres, but that's just what a, a big staying carnival brings. We speak of Aston Lavinia, who's the one who has a crack at the 700 metres. We'll touch on that a little bit later on. She goes around in race six tomorrow night. Is there one that stands out for you right now that you think will win the Sandown Cup? Obviously, the Kalindas are flying. Uh, the Zipping Dogs of in Kansas from New South Wales. He was huge when he came to Sandown a, a couple of months ago. Uh, hasn't really gone on with it since that run. Is, is there one that stands out that you'd play all in at the moment? Oh, probably not. I think the scene's changing really mm. quick. I mean, we see... Glenda Patty, so good last week. First up over 700. Zipping Kansas a month ago, it looked like he was the one to beat, but now he's sort of, he's still got a bit to do um, to prove himself at the highest level. And let's not forget about the ones like Mapunga Ruby. So, look, if um, consistency and, and longevity from what we've seen so far as a stay counts for anything, I think Mapunga Ruby would be the, the one that I'd uh, select out at this point in time. Run of the week. Run of the week time, and in the GOTBA Cup, it was a, a mate of mine, a local trainer who just lives up the road from me, actually, who landed the final. I believe it was his first Metropolitan win, and he did it in a rich race, the GOTBA Cup, and with a couple of bonuses, I think he pocketed almost 16K. I speak of Gary Johnson and Jefferson County, and this is how he did it. Race number six, the GOTBA Cup final. They're set, and they're away. Ultimate Avenger got out well from six, but Speed Jefferson County's going to hustle through and lead. Uember gets to the rail to second, and third was Studley across from the deep. On the inside, Wigram Road held up in a little bit of traffic with Ephemeral on its outside. Mystify kick back to third, last. Ultimate Avenger back to second, last. Got no bro, last. Jefferson County on the arm by two. Coming at it was Uember. Running on was Studley. Jefferson County's got a bit of a lead here. It might be a winning one. Yep, it's home. It gets home Jefferson County over Mystify Kick and Studley. Fourth in was UM. There he is, Jefferson County. An early pace in good races, Jace. It is imperative and that's exactly what he had. 5, 10, 18, 74. But what he did this week, I think, in comparison to his run in the heat, he stayed out the 500 metres a lot, lot stronger. Yeah, he was really good. I mean, he's got home in a time of what, 10.70, but, I mean, the damage was done early on, as you say. But, again, well, it's sort of uh, contrasting races when you look at the runner-up, one like Mr. Fire Kick, who's probably quicker than what Jeff Jefferson County is, but uh, doesn't have that early pace to put himself in races. So 
It was good, Jefferson County. Congratulations to Gary Johnson and as well, the Gill family. Can they not stay out of success at the yeah. moment? They're just uh, winning a lot of races and as they have done for, for many years now. And I guess the, the legacy of Uphill Jewel rolls on again. Thursday's preview. Thursday night racing at Sandown Park, Jace, and the, the new way of looking at Sandown Park on a Thursday night is fast with a whole heap of winners. That's what it's all about on the podcast, I've decided. Let's go through them quickly. Race one, the first event kicks off at 6.54, and I'm with the unbeaten Osprey Athena. Two starts, two wins. She's been outstanding. I've got a lot of time for the pink, though, modern Kalinda, who I think is going to be a really nice type. Yeah, I'll be with Os- Osprey Athena. I think she's been superb so far, and I think she's shown a lot of improvement. I think she's uh, certainly stepped up in in, ex- in excess of uh, the expectations I had on her early on, so uh, I'll be with her. Yeah, Jeff came on the podcast a couple of months ago, and he gave a huge push for this litter, and I forgot all about them. And saw him on Thursday, asked how the litter was going, not realising she was part of it, and uh, my mistake, and I'm dragging out this segment as well. Race two, La La, great food on top uh, for me, but this is a raffle, this one, Jace. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll be with her as well. Just that win at the Meadows recently probably stands her taller than, than most mm. of these, so I agree. $12 in the Watchdog as well, so got eight minds. They think alike. Hopefully it gets home. Race three, uh, one of my better bets of the night on the each way. Again, $12 marked in the form guide is Alcazador. Pushed immunity so hard at Ballarat last time. That's enough for me. I'll be with Russian sub number six. Good to see him back racing in the city, and it's... So that sort of feel that our sense will go pretty well in. So uh, number six, Russian sub. Race four, a little confidence here for me, but I'm going with seven well grounded. I just think he might be able to come across and lead. He's drawn okay out wide, small field. He'll need to get a break on them. What do you think about this one, Jace? Uh, look, this is a tough race. I think you can make a case for, for most of these. I'm like, I got the talk. He was good a few starts ago and um, I think he's got it in him to, to sort of perform well in a race like this. So number four for me. I think the Watchdog's market is correct in race five. Only three real chances. Rapaki Rocks in one, Rowan Vale three, Amnesty six. I've gone with the inside Rapaki Rocks. I just think getting back to 600, he might be able to show some strength and be hard to beat. But they look the main three here, Jace. Yeah, they do. I know they're pretty even battle at top end. I'll be with number three, Rohan Bale. The sort he was very good last week. First crack over 600 metres and hoping he can back it up pretty well. So, uh, number three, Rohan Bale. Race number six, staying event. Amani Bale's got the most uh, unusual form line you'll ever see from a greyhound. Mount Gambia, 700. Geelong Cup heat wins that, gets into a final, runs a good fourth, and now back to 700. I think it'll do. I think Amani Bale's going to be too good here late. Yeah, so do I. I mean, it's it's a funny sort of feel. I really think we want to be on the swoop bus. So mm. pace is going to be on, and you'd reckon that she's going to have none of that, but we'll be charging. So I agree, number three, Amani Bale. Race number seven. I see a, a, an early scratching here. I think it's Equaliser coming out. Not 100% sure of the reasoning why. Do you know anything about that, Jace? I think he's lining up in a semi-final, the million-dollar chase. So I expect it's been a steward's penalty, so he... I assume, I don't know if this is for sure, but um, can scratch without penalty and, and then go ahead to Wentworth Park on Friday night, I should say, low semi-finals. Yeah, who wins the race? I'm with number six, my name's Stacey, but I've got a lot of time for the red Warringah Bale, although she's burnt the pocket a few times lately. Sweet petite number three for me. I thought she was really good last week and uh, back at a track where she certainly, certainly spent a lot of time, so uh, I'll be with her. Race eight, number two, Immunity for me. I think Alcazador will win race number three. And if I think Alcazador's winning, I think Immunity's winning as well. Yeah, no arguments for me. Class act as we know and look to be a race where you'd expect her to go well. 
Next race is the ninth. I'm with number two, Nahari Bale. Pretty even race, a fair few chances. Jimmy Shaw, who had a nice Metro win uh, with Webley Cruiser, lines up off the inside. How do you see this one playing out? Number four, that'll do Neo. I thought he's been pretty good in his past couple, and I reckon he's just trending in the right direction, so hoping he can uh, put a race together. So number four, that'll do Neo. Race 10, I'm with number one, Fractured on top here for Nettie McDonald. When he draws a red, he normally uses it nicely, so I'm hoping that's the key with Fractured. Yeah, likewise, he's a strong type. He's just got to be in contention early on, so from the red, he gets every chance to do that. Last two races, mate. I don't have to look far in the form guide. Maximum, surely, race 11, race 12. I'm going the one as well, Noah Charles. A red box is going to flourish at the end of the night. How do you see those last two? Yeah, number one for me in race 11 as well, Maximum, surely. Looks like some pretty good pace, so box number one uh, doesn't matter a whole lot. You should be able to find itself out in front. And then in the last, I'll go number six, knowing. I just think there's a lot of improvement left in her, and uh, there was a race not too long ago where her run home time was very, very impressive. So race 12, number six. I've logged into the uh, the Zoom. We had a couple of little issues earlier, Jace, just before we uh, started recording. It was all my gear, not yours. But uh, I logged in and, and had a look at a couple of different settings that they have, and they have this setting that improves the way you look. And all I had to do was click a button, and I went from being a bit of an ugly bugger to, to borderline supermodel. Have, have you seen what you can do these days on the computer. It's extraordinary. No, I haven't seen that. I've seen the people who blur the background, but I guess now your mind's got to tick over, Jim, doesn't it? I mean, these people who look pretty good in the Zoom meetings and you think, geez, they look pretty sharp for, for what's a run-of-the-mill Zoom meeting. So maybe that is the trick. Well, oh, that's the thing. I've worked it out. I always log into Zoom and think, gee, everyone's looking really crisp. You know, it might be an early morning meeting. And now I've realised all you have to do is literally toggle the switch and you move it in the direction of how good you want yourself to look. It's, it's crazy the world we live in, really. Yeah, it is. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people are, are getting around it. If um, And the thing is, you can do that, and that's fine. But the quality of the, the tech, I guess, these days, you wouldn't have a clue if it's on and off. So uh, good on anyone who's getting involved with that. Ah, that's it, mate. Well, uh, good luck tomorrow night, Sandown. Good night of racing. Hopefully plenty of winners. And if our pockets are full, mate, we won't even need to, uh, to make ourselves look any better, eh? Yeah, 100%. That's the plan. So uh, looking forward to that. Also, Warnable tomorrow night. It's going to be an absolute cracker as well. Inside Info. Well, a man who is sharp and literally sharp, it's his name, is Liam Sharp. He's a budding pilot, a greyhound trainer. He seems to be able to do it all. And at the moment, he's made the trip to Sydney and he's been good enough to to give up some time and come on his favourite podcast. How are you, Liam? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, mate. I hope this is your favourite podcast. It is, isn't it? It is. It is, yeah. <laughs> you didn't say that with much conviction, did you? I don't listen to any podcast, so it probably is, mate. Nah, mate, we'll let you off. Hey, just before we turn our attention to uh, racing, and obviously you're at Weddy Park, so something pretty special up there tonight, but you're a budding pilot. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, well... Ever since I was about 10, I've just known that I wanted to be a pilot. Um, I don't know why, it just came to me, and that's just what I've wanted to do. So ever since then, I've been set through school. How am I going to get to becoming a pilot? And I've now obviously got into uni and almost finished my course to become a pilot. And, uh, yeah, dreams are coming true, pretty much. I reckon you're the only greyhound trainer that is a pilot as well. (laughs) I I reckon. I reckon they're very uh, select industries that don't intersect very much, I don't think. No, no, that's that's right. Hey, I remember a while ago, you, you had an amazing shot. You had a greyhound going around 
at Hillsville throughout their, their big carnival and you're literally doing a, a flyby through the week between the heat and the final and you're able to, I guess, lean out the side of the plane. Is that what you do and take a couple of photos? It was, it was extraordinary to get that bird's eye view down on the Hillsville Greyhound setup. Pretty much, yeah. Just uh, put it on autopilot for a minute and uh, point your phone out the window. And um, yeah, I was just flying in the area, so I thought, oh, why not? I'll go fly over Hillsville and take a picture, seeing we're in the cup uh, that week. So, mm. yeah. And is there is there no, uh, what would they call them, uh, air police or anything like that? Because obviously you're not allowed to use a mobile phone while you're driving a car. Is it different rules up there or were you were sitting beside someone? Or how does all that work? Oh. Uh, you are allowed to use your phone because flying a plane, obviously, there is autopilot and all that kind of stuff. And there are air police, but they don't go chasing you around and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, they're a lot more on the ground and they throw the book at you if you do something wrong. But, um, yeah, it's just you get to take lots of pictures as a pilot. That's one of the best mm. things that you actually get to do. Sunsets and all that kind of stuff, nature you'll you just get this different view and you can't not take a picture of some of these things. Yeah, it's a very special job. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Obviously, when, when we as a as a patron jump on the plane, it's the first thing we do is, you know, look through those little windows and, and see what's below. But uh, you were telling me the other night, I was lucky enough to catch up with you at Geelong after you had second in the in the cup with the uh, the family and Aston Merritt running a, a cracking race. And you are mentioning that this week as a pilot, it's all about learning how to fly in clouds. Now, it must be pretty scary the first time you go up and don't know which way's up and which way's down. Well, I still haven't done it yet. I have to do that many simulators just to be able to deal with because while it may seem easy just to go in there, but it's actually very hard to not trust the feelings that you're feeling in your body and the G-forces, and you have to trust solely that the instruments are correct because they're correct 99.999% of the time. So you have to retrain your brain to go, don't listen to your body saying that the plane's in a nosedive or whatever. Look at what's on the screen. Scary stuff, mate, but I'm sure uh, I'm sure you'll do well at it. Let's turn our attention to Greyhound Racing, something I'm a little bit more familiar with. Uh, obviously, before we go to Sandown tomorrow night, you're at Wenty Park when we record this, and you were saying to me just a moment ago, you're racing in the Masters Meteor with Devil 16, and she seems to love the track up there as well, but it's a long way from home. It is a long way from home, but I, I do think that this is her favourite track. She's gone the best here in her career. Um, she's She's been a very... Interesting bitch. If you compare her to her sister, Junkie, Junkie, they're like apples and oranges, and she's had so much problems, and then her sister was just raced every week without a problem, no matter what. So, but she's going as good as ever. She trialled as good as ever on Monday and lead up to this, and she just needs that little bit of uh, luck early, and she'd be the strongest run home dog in this series by far. She's still running over 600 where a lot of Masters dogs are, you know, stuck to 400 and they've just been put in this series. So just need a bit of luck early, really. Well, if I can edit quick enough, mate, I might be able to get this podcast out so the punters can uh, can jump onto Devil 16. If not, it'll have to be all for me, which isn't isn't too bad of a problem. Tomorrow night, you've got a, a Greyhound Racing at Sandown Park in your name by the name of Aston Oscar. wasn't too long ago you had an Aston uh, that was able to salute. I think it was your first Metro winner as a trainer. Uh, how do you see the chances tomorrow night, race one in box number two? The, the Watchdog has you as a $21 outsider. Do you think that's a bit, uh, a bit generous? Uh... It's probably about right. Like, he's probably a 29.80, 29.90 dog at best. And I'm just trying to get 
uh, you know, that grade six or seven uh, city win, just because those times are good enough to win it. Um, whether it's tomorrow night that he'll do it, probably not. It looks to have some talent in the race, but he, he's always been a, a good place chance in the city. I think one of them dogs for just tries his best and eventually he'll crack one of them city races. So. Now, this segment, uh, mate, it's inside info. It's all about getting some inside info for the punters. And obviously being a part of the, the Sharp family and, and the big Sharp kennel, is there one greyhound that we can follow? Obviously, Aston Merritt's high up on the list. Is there a lesser-known greyhound that we should black book and call our own on this show that we can keep keep an eye on and make a quit out of? Oh, I wasn't prepared for this, but... Um... One ran today at Meadows called Corborn Roses. Um, uh, one of our friends, Ed Barrett, and a friend of his bought it. Um, it's raced at Wagga maybe 15 times, and it's come to us now, and it went 34.50 today at Meadows, um, a second time around after one trial, and it, it looks very strong. So I'd probably say that's one to follow. That's all we need, mate. I actually remember Ed messaging me saying he's bought one that, that goes okay. So that's a, that's a double whammy. Two people agreeing that it's uh, it's one for our black book. So I reckon that'll just about do. As we let you go, what what is the dream for Liam Sharp? Is it to, to follow in mum and dad's footsteps and become a, a full-time trainer, part-time pilot? Or is it uh, the, the long-term plan to become a, a full-time pilot, maybe with the odd greyhound here and there? Because I guess you could fly them to Sydney whenever you'd like. <laughs> yeah. I, I I never wanted to follow my parents in with the full-time greyhound training. Um, I respect anybody that does it, but it is a ridiculously hard job. Yeah. And it's just not for me. The stability isn't there. The hours is all over the place, all that sort of stuff, seven days a week. Um, I always want to be involved in greyhounds. I probably will. I want to start owning more greyhounds and, you know, starting to build a few uh, breeding lines and all that sort of stuff into the future. But, I probably don't see myself as a full-time trainer at any point. Um, maybe a hobby trainer later on in life. But um, for now, yeah, I'll just stay small. And then eventually, once I'm a full-time pilot, I'll probably give up and just stick to owning dogs. Well, mate, you've, you're a man with uh, with wonderful aspirations and you're picking, uh, picking the dreams off one by one. So we wish you well, obviously, with your pilot career and also, for now, the Greyhound training career with Aston Oscar going around tomorrow night at Sandown Park. Mate, all the best. Good luck tonight in Wendy and, and thanks for your time for coming on the Greenlight on Premier Racing podcast. As I said at the start, mate, your favourite podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. Thank you very much, mate. And that wraps up the Green Light on Premier Racing podcast for another edition. I hope you've enjoyed it. Good luck. Uh, safe travelling. Happy punting for the week ahead. If you want to know more about Greyhound Racing, head to grv.org.au or follow GRV on the socials. Until next time, it's a very good evening. Get-